bing, bang, bong, sing, sang, song. Welcome to Esoterica and Nonsense, a podcast where we discuss myths, legends, folk tales, fairy tales, supernatural phenomenon, and religions from around the world. I am your host, Annabelle, a banana lord of the depths of hell, from the licking flames of the bitch of the devil. I am a banana from your worst nightmares, and I'm here prepared to dive deep into the subject matter of extraterrestrial life aliens have fascinated me for so long real true story when i was a little kid i was convinced that i was an alien i was convinced that my parents were not my real parents and i would look up into the sky and i would ask my alien parents why would you leave me here with such incompetent peasant-like imbeciles and um they would never respond (laughs) but um oddly enough when i was in high school that's like when i discovered wikipedia because i went to this school that was like we just had really anal librarians like like specifically my middle school had like super fucking anal librarians that were really mean and shout out to Miss Voorhees. Um, I didn't even know about what's his name. Um, what's the serial killer from like the that horror movies? Is it Mike? Mike Voorhees? No, that's Mike Myers. It's like um, Jason. Jason Voorhees. I didn't even watch those movies as a kid, so I didn't like get the reference. But like literally, my li- librarian's name in middle school was Miss Voorhees, and she was a total villain. She was just so mean, but anyway, she condemned Wikipedia, and I don't know why I listened to her, because she was pretty, like, not nice, but I never used Wikipedia, and I didn't really know what it was, and all I knew is that Wikipedia was bad, but then in high school, I discovered that Wikipedia is incredible, and I started going on Wikipedia tangents in high school, and then I would go on YouTube tangents, and one way or another, I just started one night got in this entire alien tangent and I started learning about the Pleiadians and the Anunnaki and the Blue Avians and like so many other star systems and stories of aliens landing on earth thousands of years ago and different types of alien species coming to earth for different reasons and coming millions of years ago and coming just like coming at all different times and 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 humans having stories from the 60s and from the 70s and from the 80s and from the 90s and stories from medieval times and all these stories that have been recorded of people meeting extraterrestrials and i just like i think i stayed up so late one night just watching all these random interviews and like weird youtube documentaries and what's so interesting is like i swear within the same week of me doing this research a man came up to me on the sidewalk i kid you not a man came up to me on the sidewalk and he's like i know you and i was i said like no you don't 
and he was like, oh, I, I saw you at, like, a convention in San Jose last week. And I was like, I mean, I didn't tell him I was in high school, but I, I said, like, that's impossible. I was not at some random convention last week. <laughs> and, like, within minutes, he told me that he thought I had Pleiadian blood and started talking about the reptile people and started talking to me about aliens and then he started talking to me about the time he had been abducted and literally all of this happened within five minutes of this guy just walking up to me and just telling me all of this stuff and he was a really interesting cat um he had discovered this type of stone let me see if i can find it it's it's nicknamed glowing jade and basically it's this green stone that can glow um yeah i guess it's just called glowing jade i'm trying to find like the real name for it but there's these stones that are considered a type of jade but they like hold in light kind of like a glow in the dark thing like if they get sunlight they can produce light and they're very rare and this man had gone to China and found a giant sphere of this glowing jade that's worth millions of dollars. And he just found it not far from a temple that is like fairly touristy. So he believes that it was put there for him because it would have been found by somebody else. Like there's no way that that rock had just been there for years. So he ended up becoming a dealer of glowing jade and like he had found it in the eighties, I think. And it had been this like pivotal turning point in his life where his whole energy changed and he started meditating more and then he told me that once he had been meditating and he was abducted by aliens and this this like big orb came out of the sky and floated in front of him while he was meditating I think he was doing tai chi and he remembers being beamed up into their light ship and completely doesn't remember anything and then just woke up later like in this field that he was in and um then i mean it got kind of weird because he and i got on the same bus and i was going home and like he sat next to me on the bus and kind of started <laughs> just like telling me all these stories super seriously and then at the time it was like 2011 so he was telling me that december 21st 2012 his plan was to go to machu picchu with his giant like glowing jade sphere and he was going to call the aliens and get beamed up and he said to me like i know you don't believe me because i was like obviously smiling at him and he was like i know you don't believe me i can tell by the way you're looking at me you don't believe me and i said oh i assure you i believe you i assure you but all i was thinking about in my mind was that i hadn't really heard anyone talk to me about this kind of thing and i had just done all this research and then it started happening and it was like kind of a magical turning point in my life because it really is true the things that you think about do start happening to you and i this is where it gets crazy the same month a different man came up to me on the sidewalk and i had just gotten out of high school i was like walking by myself i was crossing the street at a crosswalk and this man um i think i was smoking a joint and this man was like, oh, nice, like, you be smoking? And I was like, obviously. <laughs> um, and he was like, yo, I got some weed. Uh, do you have papers? And I was like, obviously, dude, I'm smoking a joint right now. <laughs> 
men baffle me so much they are just the pickup lines are weak anyway um this guy was like in his probably 40s or 50s and um i went to the park with him to like roll a joint and he unprecedented started telling me about fucking aliens and he started telling me that he had been abducted in almost the it was almost the same story from the other man his story was that he was practicing yoga he was in a remote field and while he was like really focusing on his energy and meditating this huge sphere this glowing sphere of light came out of the sky and like was hovering in front of him he remembers being beamed up and then he remembers nothing and just remembers waking up later um and that was the end of that and from then on i took this as a sign that a lot of my intuitions were correct and the intuitions i had as a kid was that aliens are definitely real but also that that comes with a lot of variations like there could be so many kinds of aliens. There could be so many kinds of aliens with different intentions. And specifically, different abilities. And so I think as humans, there's a big misconception of what life can look like. So as humans, like we are very physical, obviously. We have bodies. Our bodies need to eat. Our bodies need to sleep. Our bodies poop we're born and we die and there's a lot of things that we feel that are out of our control and in a sense this is true there's a lot of confines and barriers to the physical world but as a child i sensed that there was other forms of life that didn't necessarily conform to the physical realm that we lived in and that there would be um possible life forms that were more in the energy spectrum or could cross between the two more easily and long story short in some of the research i've done this is true um so fast forward a couple years later i ended up getting a job at a we uh, like a in a in a warehouse where like we would just grow a bunch of weed basically and i met a really interesting person who told me about Barbara Marciniak and Barbara Marciniak is an American woman she or uh, sorry a person from the United States she in the 80s went on a trip to the wonders of the ancient world and while she was in Delphi she had an experience at the oracle tree that she was simultaneously in Delphi as herself in 1989 or 88 or whatever year it was when she had this experience and then she was also experiencing herself in ancient Greece as an oracle in front of the oracle tree and she was having these simultaneous realities while she looked at the oracle tree and she was really taken aback and the next day in her hotel room she decided that she wanted to open her consciousness to something bigger and so she meditated and she made the intention out loud that she intended on being an open channel and from that moment she started speaking another voice started speaking through her and the voice was actually claimed to be a council of entities um, known as the Pleiadians and to this day Barbara Marciniak gives um, lectures and 
you can go and ask the Pleiadians questions. And it is very fascinating because um, a lot of the things they talk about is what I'm going to talk about today, which is completely unrelated. But that's just some background. Um, if you've ever seen Ancient Aliens, you've probably heard shit about this. <laughs> Ancient Aliens is an incredibly entertaining and ludicrous television program. It's also kind of feels like misdirection because it's so fucking stupid and jabroni brokowski the guy with the wild hairdo it's just hard to take him seriously and i feel like a big part of that show is like you end up laughing which is valid but a lot of the stuff they talk about is pretty accurate and so it is kind of a bummer um <laughs> it's kind of a bummer that it's such a joke because even i can't take it seriously and a lot of the stuff they talk about is true so anyway you can take what you will from this, but I am going to read excerpts from the Introduction to Alien Races. And this book is a gem. This book I found through a friend who had found this on Reddit. And this man from the United States met a Ukrainian man on vacation in 2004. I'm actually, you know what, I'll just like read the intro because I think it's better from his words. Um, so here I begin. This is the intro to Introduction to the Alien Races. In 2004, I became friends with a Ukrainian guy called Petro that I met completely randomly at a bar by the beach. I was on holiday and he was there with some friends having drinks. Anyway, we started talking with each other. Our friendship started like that. He became a regular at my house where our families would get together. In 2008, he called me and asked me if I wanted to go on a road trip. I said, sure. He had in mind to go to the south of Spain and visit his brother. His brother was there in jail at the time near Huelva. So actually, now that I'm thinking about this, this man may or may not be a man from the United States. He could be from somewhere else, but it's irrelevant. Um, and on the road trip, we also went to visit his father in Portugal. His father was a former diplomat of the Ukraine years before. And when he retired, he decided to move to Portugal and live there. And so we went. We visited his brother and then went to Portugal to visit his father. When we were at his house, he asked us a favor, as he was old, if we could empty boxes from one of his rooms, as he wanted to make it into a bedroom for guests. We said okay, and went to the room, expecting to see some old newspapers. Instead, we found 58 boxes full of old documents and books from the time when he was a diplomat. Some of the papers and documents were in Russian, and some were from the USSR times. Petro started reading and translating some of them, and we realized that there was a lot of interesting, intriguing, and even top-secret documents. So we asked his father if we could keep the boxes for ourselves. He agreed, and we had to rent a van to take everything back home with us. Week after week in our houses... We went through all of the documents, translating them, cataloging them by subject matter or dates and places. And due to work, we were apart quite often. We also did a lot of work online. That's when we found the book. The book that led to the videos I published. I haven't been able to find these videos, but that's what is written here in this opening. 
Um, this one book that we had is undated and looks, quote, modern, but we did find the cover, only the cover for the same book. However, this book dated back to 1951. We called his father later that year and asked him about the book. He had filled in the missing information. He said that amongst high-ranking political officials, there had always been a rumor of alien contact, but nothing concrete. He said that he had received the book years before from one of his lifelong diplomat friends and had been updating the book until recently with information that friends of his sent him or when they would get together to talk about, quote, old times. The information and regular updates was sent to him by mail, phone, or online. The book has hundreds of side notes on pages and updates on small papers with related miscellaneous info attached to pages, photos stapled to them, etc. This is how we found out about relatively recent visits from aliens, their numbers, where it happened, etc. They had been updating the information they could get regularly. But... He also said that there was a handful of people that were in the know back in the USSR days. The leader of the Communist Party and the couple of advisors, five or six SMERSH agents. Um, I looked this up. This is like basically like the it was like a umbrella term for special agents and agents kind of in like the um, intelligence agencies of the USSR. Um, but basically there was like quite a few people that had more information than this book had. That's a, this paragraph is confusing. So I'm just going to sum it up. So long story short, I'm, I'm going to skip the rest of this intro because most of it is kind of redundant, but what's interesting. And the last thing I'll mention is that what he, this man and his friend Petro had noticed was that some of these aliens that are written in the book are actually that they have some of them have photos with them and they notice that some of the photos look like they were from video games or movies and what's interesting is that as they talked to Petro's father he confirmed that some of these images had been created on the computer in the likeness of these aliens but some of them had actually been released to the media that inspired aliens from different movies so here we go I will read a snippet of this. So he says, Petro's father told us that amongst high-ranking diplomats, there had been much solid discussion and debate about a plan involving certain media and certain security departments in order to use the, quote, correct images of, to describe the appearance of aliens. All media involved was, in the end, either directly or because they were owned by mother companies, owned for no more, owned by no more than five people, and that this was a concerted effort in order to get people, humankind, used used to the appearance and presence of aliens amongst us. Okay, so anyway, a lot of this is written kind of confusingly. That is the intro. Um, but I'm going to start reading this book to you. This is going to be a story time. And uh, it is pretty, it is pretty crazy. Take what you will. But I will say that pay attention because if you know anyone who's interacted with aliens, if you have seen UFOs, I've seen 
I've seen so many UFOs, but I can talk about that later. But please pay attention because if you know anyone that has experienced UFOs or if you have, pay attention so that you can write in and see if any of these like ring true to you. So this is like the first page and it starts the lost copy. In the 1980s, a copy or edition of this book was found on a field in Buryatia, which is East Siberia. The copy ended up in the hands of a KGB agent with friends in the media. After the, after the collapse of the USSR, some of the information and images in the book were leaked or possibly sold. Years later, the information and some of the images started appearing in TV series and video games. Mass Effect being the most well-known. In 1924, near Yekaterinoslav, Ukraine, now known as Dnipropetrovsk. So in basically in 1924, this part of Ukraine, the three daughters of a certain Captain Andrychuk simply vanished. Captain Andrychuk was of Russian descent and very little is known about him except that he traveled a lot. A farmer that lived near Captain Andrychuk's house said that he saw the captain's daughters walking towards the woods maybe two hours before sunrise. Intrigued, he followed them He followed them at a distance. After walking for 30 minutes, he described seeing purple and red lights and a mist through the trees. He got closer and saw the girls entering what he called a floating bright windmill-like plane. He reported seeing five creatures as small as the children, but with much older faces. According to him, the windmill then flew very slowly into the stars until he could not tell them apart. According to the farmer, he ran to Captain Andrychuk's house to warn him about the event. Upon arriving, he knocked on the door, but nobody answered. He then entered the house and he found the captain and his wife dead in their beds. Their faces were peaceful as if they had died during their sleep. All their animals, three dogs, one horse, and two goats were dead as well. On the kitchen table, <laughs> on the kitchen table there was a letter or note that was not signed with the handwriting that matched Sophia, one of their daughters. It said, we are going to the school in the moon with our friends. So the next page um, is addressed to the SMERSH, the Smirsh Agents Department, IVA 112, Foxtrot. No, I added the Foxtrot in. Um, so it says, it is your duty to thoroughly investigate all events regarding any reports of visitations or incidents concerning creatures from other planets, as well as with non-terrestrial creatures that dwell on our planet at the present or future time. It is your duty to immediately... Present your superior in charge, the KL-44, any material evidence gathered during your investigations. It is your duty to keep absolute secrecy and concealment regarding your findings and conclusions during your investigations, except from your superior in charge. It is your duty to immediately destroy this book in case your physical being or personal safety is threatened. 
The loss of this book while in your possession will result in serious consequences of your two smirsh companion agents, as well as for your immediate relatives. Make use of your extensive training and love your great union. <laughs> Signed, Chief Marshal Constantine A. Verschinen, 1947. So um, I'm breaking protocol by reading this and hopefully nothing happens to me, but I think I'll should be fine. The USSR crumbled years ago and most likely um, no one's going to take me seriously by reading this book. So the next page reads, this book of alien races is both an instructions manual and a source of information to be used now and in the future until the day will be needed no more. Learn from it and add to it. When with humans, investigate events, interrogate witnesses, gather physical evidence. When with aliens, engage with them, follow them, learn from them. You are forbidden of showing this book to anyone, talking about the book to anyone, talking about or revealing your investigative activities to anyone, drinking alcohol on and off duty, consuming drugs on and off duty, helping alien races no matter the situation or request, choosing sides when physically amongst different alien races or during investigations, and of engaging in sexual activities with any members of any alien race. <gasps> Oh my god, I cannot believe that they threw that in there. But that's literally one of the rules. No having sex with aliens. Okay, here we begin. Now we have the real first page of the book. And basically, this book is like really short paragraphs on different aliens. Obviously, these aren't for people that have major clearance so these are like really really brief um summaries and part of why i wanted to do this episode is that i am planning on doing an anunnaki episode the anunnaki are known to be a race of aliens but they're also the gods of the mesopotamian belief system it's not fair to call it a religion because the mesopotamians didn't have a word for religion they believed it to be their history and they claimed that beings came from the stars and colonized them and showed them all kinds of things like architectural feats math language um and what have you and i did want to start with my anunnaki episodes but it's, it's going to be like a three-parter and i thought this was a better introduction to them as far as like an intergalactic alien concept. And, um, but anyway, let's begin. So the first alien written in the book is known as the Algruluk. Algruluk. Um, that's spelled A-L-L-G-R-U-U-L-K. So Algruluk, a.k.a. the Builders. There's also a photo attached with it, and it kind of looks like a human with a snake-like face. There's, like, scales and, like, two kind of, like, Voldemort, a Voldemorty person with scales on his face. So, um, they are known to come from the constellation Sculptor. They derive from an ancient alien race of reptilians that has gone extinct. They are specialists at building ships and other devices needed for deep space traveling. 
they are also space travelers themselves searching for new raw materials. They can live up to 230 years, last seen near Tokyo in 2005. Oh my gosh. Okay, number two. We have the Kili Tokert. Um, the photo attached with this is like kind of looks like a young white child, like maybe a like, little girl. Um, so the Kili Tokert come from the constellation Vela near the star Suhail al-Muhilf. Suhail al-Muhilf. They grow up to two meters high, which is about six feet, and live up to 200 years. They can shapeshift and are hard to detect. When they shapeshift, the only thing they cannot change is the size and color of their eyes. They are one of the oldest known races. They do abduct humans, last seen in July of 2008. Number three, the Pleiadians. They come from the solar system surrounding the Pleiades stars, more precisely from the planet Era near the star of Taigeta. They are associated with spiritual growth. They can grow up to 2.5 meters, which is 8 feet tall. They practice sex cultivation, the distinct difference between their sexual expressions and their sensual emotions. Their ships are known as beam ships. Although regularly visiting Earth, they have remained mostly silent since 10,000 BC. They are one of the oldest known races. They continue to develop the necessary mental skills to eventually reach their goal, which is an even higher spiritual state. So I mentioned earlier that there was this woman, Barbara Marciniak, who channels a group of Pleiadians. And um, what they claim as a council is that they are actually all from different time periods. But from our understanding, they're from the future. But... They try to explain that the past and future doesn't really exist in the way we believe them to be, and that time is more of a web than it is a straight line. Um, but they explain that they have ascended the physical form, and they are still conscious and still experience life, but not in the physical sense. And they also talked about that a lot of beings from the Pleiades are from all over the universe so it is kind of like a very diverse place in the universe a lot of life forms can survive in some of those star systems and they claim that a lot of Pleiadians actually came to planet earth in a, around 10,000 BC and breeded with humans so um, specifically in Scandinavia apparently is where the Pleiadians said to have landed which is why a lot of Scandinavians are giants. And even though they like are from such um, cold parts of the world, they can still tan. Not, not everyone, but some people can actually like tan very well up there. Um, I find that really interesting. Anyway, that's what I know about the Pleiadians. If you're interested in the Pleiadians, I highly recommend you look up Barbara Marciniak. Also, a fun fact is that Subaru is actually named after a star in the Pleiades and the Subaru logo is actually a couple of stars which are supposed to represent the star Subaru in the Pleiades star system. So there's a fun fact for you. The next alien is the Kilmir Auk. And they are known to come from the constellation Volans. 
the sightings of this race on earth are rare and they are considered a quote mystery race it is said that they were forbidden to visit earth around the year 1000 bc but they, they did not stop visiting earth completely this because of their allies the race known as the Maitar. they were last seen on earth december of 1989 Next, we have Kurs, K-U-R-S, a.k.a. Gods of Lands. Now, I should mention that in the ancient Mesopotamian beliefs, the name of the underworld is known as Kur, K-U-R. And the goddess of the underworld was also known as Kur, K-U-R. So that's, I'm going to preface with that. That is actually d documented in Mesopotamian cuneiform Kerr is a concept it's the underworld so in this book they say Kerrs are also known as the gods of lands they are believed to be related oh hot shut they are believed to be related to the race of the Anunnaki they come from the planet Dilimans they are the race behind the story of Enlil and Ninlil. Um, those are two gods of the Anunnaki. Enlil is one of the sons of Anu, who is the patriarch of the Anunnaki. Anunnaki means from those who came from Anu. And Anu is also a synonym for heaven. And that's something I'll get into in a later episode, which is why I want to cover the Anunnaki. But... A lot of religions, basically every religion on earth can be traced back to the ancient Mesopotamian belief system. And even the word heaven actually comes from the word Anu, which isn't actually the concept heaven. It's, it's the fact that Anu, who is this patriarchal colonizer god, is named Anu and it also means heaven. Anyway, I, I don't want to overcomplicate this episode, but um, the story of Enlil and Ninlil um, is a story of these two gods, or I guess aliens, but they're known as gods um, mating and having this whole like mating ritual dance. And so basically this book is claiming that the Kerr, the Kerrs are known to be the race behind this story of Enlil and Ninlil. Um, they are directly involved in the development of the human race during our early stages. After centuries away from Earth, they have recently returned. Their own leader is amongst the most recent visitors. They will now stay on Earth permanently. They will have an important role in the years to come. In the years to come. They spend time immersed in a precious god-like liquid that presumably extends their lifespan. The Anunnaki are coming up eventually, but I should mention that one thing that... Um, a lot of the Mesopotamian scriptures, or I guess history talks about, is that the Anunnaki came to earth to mine for gold and that they use anatomic gold, which is gold in its anatomic particles, and they use it to suspend in their atmosphere and it extends their life. Um, I think that's important to bring up because part of the Mesopotamian belief system was that the Anunnaki came to Earth and colonized the Earth and also created humans as they are today by splicing the genetics of 
the native humanoids, which were closer to Neanderthals, kind of, and using Anunnaki DNA with it. Um, but I bring that up just because they also mentioned that the Kurs were immersed in a gold-like liquid um, that presumably extended their lifespan. I also want to mention, this is like kind of a random tidbit, but I have learned that Kerr in Scotland refers to a type of marshland that is very overgrown and kind of dark. Um, and so it's kind of like, I like to, basically, I think it's interesting that in ancient Mesopotamia, Kerr was the underworld and in Scotland, it's like a vast, a vast dense marshland and they also would refer to the foxes that lived in the marsh as curs and I feel like this is just like a really interesting crossover of associating the word cur with like untouchable lands uh I don't know take what you will from that so our next alien is known as the Hav Hanuai Kondras they come from the galaxy Sexton's Dwarf, SPH. <laughs> that sounds like a fucking Scandinavian metal band. Um, they first visited Earth in 934 AD in the area that we now know as Romania. They often abduct and kill humans. They also drain and drink the blood of humans as well as the blood of animals. They are responsible for the myth of vampires. Several human governments know and accept their actions. The human bodies that they use are never returned. Last sighting, Scotland, 1996. This is actually a really interesting alien because it does remind me of the Black Dog episode when I had mentioned that some people believed that certain black dogs or evil entities were um, humans that were wizards that would shapeshift and suck the blood of cattle at night. And it kind of actually reminds me of this alien they're talking about and they're claiming that this is what inspired the vampire myth. Just saying. Next up, we have the Mazarek. They come from the constellation of Camelopardalis. From the 1300s to the early 1900s on the Gregorian calendar, which is the calendar we use, they were not allowed to leave their planet by the other alien races. They are very violent and a predatory race. They are known to be the allies of the Mater. They grow up to 1.6 meters, which is about 5 feet tall, and they were last seen on Earth in August of 2001. Fuck. Then we have the Algruallix. The Algruallix. So here's something to think about. This technically is a book that is from the USSR intelligence, which, um, you know, they say was like updated up to the mid 2000s. But there is a chance that other governments may know these things as different names. I assume that they're getting these names from the races themselves, the alien races. But just take that, just take that as you will. So the Algrualix come from a constellation known as Setas near the Denem Kaitos Shemali. 
Although they are often confused with reptilian races, they do not share anything with them except their appearance. Their height is around two meters tall, six feet, and they can live up to 350 years. They are one of 21 races that are known to have more than two genders or sexes. <gasps> they have more than two genders. That's so fucking cool. This race has eight different genders and all of them can reproduce with each other. <gasps> That's all they're going to tell us? What the fuck? I want to know more. Eight different genders? Okay. If any artist listening would love to invent and draw eight genders and eight like genitalia please do that and send it to me because that is so interesting and fascinating and that is so fucking cool anyway um it says the purpose of their visits to earth is unknown the last sighting was near lima peru in december 2004 <gasps> oh, that's such a bummer come on guys tell us more about their genders don't fucking tease us like that. See, this is like a good reminder that even people who are um, agents, you know, like KGB or CIA or like whatever, they don't actually have very high clearance. They're often just given enough information for a mission, but they're not really told very much. And this book obviously has like a lot of information, but none of it's very specific. These are all like short paragraphs on entire races of aliens from other planets and star systems. And they keep throwing out constellations that I've never fucking heard of. Um, like, I don't know. Anyway, next up, we have the Muiviantan Kaifik, aka the Shining Ones. They come from the constellation Vulpecula. They have met with at least two USA presidents, as well as with USSR and now Russian leaders and some high-ranking officials. They supply limited amounts of their technology to humans in exchange for the freedom to conduct abductions. They do not involve other alien races in this process. They had a big role in Siberian and Tibetan culture. They still have bases in those areas hidden under the north face of the mountains. They have colonized over 40 planets outside our solar system so far. The image they have for this alien race kind of looks like the classic alien that they have in emojis. Yeah, you know, it has like a round top of the head and a pointy chin and, and big black beady eyes. Um, which turns out is actually kind of like a common blueprint for different types of aliens. We'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. Next up, we have the Rak, R-A-K. It says, of the 58 races described here, this is the race that least visited Earth as we know so far. Only five recorded visits. They visited the area we know in the Middle East that created the belief known as the jinn or genies in Islamic mythology. <gasps> According to some Muslim scholars, they inhabit an unseen world in a dimension beyond the existing dimensions of our universe. According to the reports from other alien races, they stopped visiting Earth because their immune system could not cope with Earth's fauna and Florida. Last recorded visit, 712 AD. Holy shit. 
see, but this is actually an interesting crossover of what I've mentioned that they, you know, like they're not really fully physical beings. They kind of live in other dimensions and they're, uh, they're actually written about in this book as the, um, the jinn known as the rock, R-A-K. Next up, we have the invisibles. This race is known to have been seen near high security areas. They are almost completely invisible to the naked eye. Both the USA and Russian military have developed technology that allows them to track down or radar just their ships. Three things to know about this race. They leave a sour smell when they are nearby. Two, when they are near windows, you can see their reflection as a smudged-like fixture. As a smudged-like figure, they've been caught on CCTV footages. And number three, when many dogs, or at least one dog, start barking with no apparent reason, it is possible that they are nearby. They come from the constellation Mensa. Purpose of presence unknown. Mm, that also sounds like kind of ghosts. So like maybe there's a chance that if you're seeing ghosts or um, that kind of shit, that maybe it's the invisibles yeah see i think about this a lot because i think i mean it's kind of fair but you know you can only base your understanding of reality off of what you experience and as humans we don't see every color on the visible spectrum we don't see an infrared we you know there's so much we don't see and then also you know we spend a lot of our lives especially in like cities and stuff we spend a lot of our lives inside and around a lot of other humans um, and a lot of the times I have seen UFOs and seen like really crazy shit. It's when I've been away from civilization and I've been in nature. That's when I see crazy shit happening. And part of it is because I'm not inside. I'm outside. I'm looking at the sky for hours at a time. I'm not necessarily spending my days talking to people. I'm spending my days like looking around and, and seeing the sky and, and, and what have you. And, um, that's when I have had really fucking like more I guess spiritual experiences and part of it is just because you're not distracted by human culture and what I'm getting at is I think from the human perspective because we've progressed into a culture where we only care about physical reality we care about how we look like we care about what we're eating we're thinking about how we're going to make more money we're thinking about our schedule we're not actually thinking about what's deeper than that which is where was i before i inhabited this body where am i going after this body what is my soul's purpose in this lifetime a lot of people don't even believe that reincarnation reincarnation is real they really think that they're going to die after their body dies and that their soul just goes nowhere or goes to heaven or hell. But it's so interesting because even heaven or hell, that means that you're not dead. It means your soul still exists. And that takes into account the idea that you are an energy being. <laughs> the religions talk about it. People are in denial. But what I'm getting at is that as energy beings, it is a form of consciousness, which is a part of life. Life is consciousness. You don't have to have a physical body to be considered alive. And I think ghosts fall into an interesting category of life because I think 
ghost or haunting can be a multitude of things. It could be a crossover of interdimensionality where you actually are seeing a window of someone living their life out and it's almost like a wormhole where you're actually just seeing them living their life. Or it could be an obsession. It could be that after they die, they can't let go of their life and they're just reliving their life over and over even after death. And that's why I think some hauntings happen. I think some ghosts are traumatized or they feel like they have unfinished business and they can't let go of their life. And so almost like a dream like a reoccurring dream they just keep playing out the same shit and I think that's another way of seeing a ghost however there's other entities that you could be uh, interacting with it could be a, an energy being from another dimension it could be an energy being from another galaxy it could be an energy being from just another planet and I think that um part of why <laughs> so much like information or speculation that we have on anything supernatural sounds stupid is because I think humans don't have a very good no I should get I should be more specific I think the modern humans that grew up in colonized slash westernized societies don't have a very good understanding of anything that pertains to the spiritual plane so anytime they make speculations they end up sounding dumb because they are dumb. They're not based in anything they've experienced. They're trying to make sense out of something that they don't even believe is true. And it ends up sounding lame. And that is what it is. It's lame. And I think there are so many different variations of how an energy being can manifest. And I think that that hasn't fully been taken into account. Um, and I, anyway... I love talking about this stuff. I love reading this shit. It really just gets my, it gets me going, it gets me going. Okay, so the next one that we have up is the Al-Mahuluk Strat 163. They were forced to leave Earth after losing a battle against the reptoids in ancient India, date unknown, which they had been visiting for around 200 years. They have resumed their visits to Earth in 1948. Technologically, this is a very advanced race. Their ships are often invisible to radar and the human eye, and they wear some sort of clothing that makes them invisible as well. Supposedly, they come from Jupiter or from one of its moons. Last sighting, Portugal, May 2005. Damn. Okay, the next one we have is the Ainana, and this is interesting um, because this reminds me of, there is a famous goddess of the Mesopotamian belief known as Inanna, who her name is kind of used a lot around the Fertile Crescent. And so the image they have here is like an ancient sculpture. I'm not sure where it's from, but it's an ancient sculpture of like a human-like figure, but it has like huge cat eyes, like almost like bug eyes and it kind of looks like a bug like a bug person. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. The Ainana, it says, uh, the members of this race are the cause of why humans coined the term Martians. They come from the constellation Gemini. They have had permanent bases on Mars for thousands of years where they mine some sort of gold-like material. First recorded visit to Earth 1235 BC in Japan. Last sighting, Madagascar 2003. And just as a reminder, 
I'm pretty sure that when this book was published online, it was published around 2008 to 2011. So technically, there could have been more sightings. I just don't think this book has been up updated since then. I just wanted to throw that out. Um, what's interesting about this Inanna group allegedly being known to live on Mars and to mine for gold-like materials, as I have heard that the Anunnaki who colonized Earth thousands of years ago had originally colonized Mars and um, mined it to the point where they weren't interested anymore. And I've heard theories of why, basically that being the reason why Mars is kind of like a lifeless planet with no water because it was overmined and it used for natural resources to the point where it became a fairly infertile desert-like planet. Pretty intense. So the next one, we have the Indugduk, known as the Tall White. This race has several bases on the moon where they mine unknown materials. They use slaves to do most of their work. These slaves are extremely well taken care of. The Induktuk see them as indispensable. Their operations on and in the moon are very secretive. They are in almost permanent contact with high-ranking officials from the USA, China, and Russian federal governments. They have the ability to shapeshift into an almost perfect human form. They are also known as men in black as they use special dark suits to protect their skin when in human shape while conducting special operations on earth. That's really interesting because I have heard stories of people meeting men in black and describe them as being like very odd looking or like, like very odd appearing like they're the energy just off like they look like people but something's off and um, that all checks out. That's actually really interesting. So next up, we have the Kilimatar, a.k.a. K.R. They come from the constellation Crooks near Gakroks. It is a very hard race to track down or spot. Both the USA and Russian military have developed a special camera and radar system that allows to spot them when they are on Earth. Even then, they have only been sighted eight times. The purpose of their presence is unknown. When they are sighted, it is usually in the area known as the Bermuda Triangle. I've heard all kinds of weird theories about the Bermuda Triangle. One of them is that it's actually an energy vortex that um, kind of like a wormhole leads to different dimensions. Uh, if you think of it like shoots and ladders. I've also heard theories that there's shit underneath the Bermuda Triangle, like possibly these aliens um, or like other shit that like purposely pulls things down um, for curiosity reasons. I don't know. I, I do not know. Next up, we have a race just as 2017. It's just called 2017. Um, it says that they have only contacted humans one time in the USSR in 1935. According to reports, they spoke some kind of Slavic dialect. They left a written message with about 10 sentences. They come from the galaxy UDFJ39546284. Estimated distance from Earth is 13.2 billion light years. They travel by using what other 
alien races call wormhole, which allows them to bend space. Note from myself and Petro. On the original ARB, which is the alien race book, um, nine of the sentences left by the race were blacked out. The only one that was not blacked out was simply 2017 to 2022. What? <gasps> That's so creepy. So literally, it's the years 2017 to 2022. That's the only sentence that wasn't blacked out from their message, which allegedly was in a Slavic dialect. And it says, according to reports, they were tall, had blonde, long hair, and smelled like flowers. What the fuck? Whoa, that's actually so creepy and interesting. Oh my gosh. It really makes you wonder what really is going on on planet Earth. I mean, I try not to think about it too much, but I mean, no major government is being honest fully, like what really goes on behind closed doors and a lot of like the real motives behind big wars and behind disputes between nations. And I wonder what their message said. Oh, this is so crazy. Also, if for some reason I have to take this episode down just know that someone asked me to take it down. Okay, I'm not going to take this episode down. But if it does go down, it means that I'm not supposed to talk about this shit. So we'll see. Vamos a ver. Next up, we have the El Manuk. The El Manuk are said to come from the constellation Grus near the star Al Nair. They are one of the most peaceful races. They co-created the alliance of the five races, known as the Council of Five, but they are not part of it. The Council of Five are a group of five alien races that protect humans against less peaceful races. They coined the sentence, five universes, 2,500 species, one race. <sighs> that is so beautiful. Oh my god, I love that. That is so special. Five universes, 2,500 species, one race. Oh, that's so nice. The council is supposed to meet on Earth during the last 10 days of August of 2013. The reason being the fact that Earth has been receiving too many visits from new races in the past 500 years. The last sighting on Earth was near the Sea of Cortez in December 2002. Damn. Next up, we have the gigantic. Gigantic. Yeah, whoa. It's like kind of like gigantic, but with a J in the front and a K at the end. So the gigantic maintains sporadic contact. Wait. Maintains sporadic contacts with three Earth governments, but not the most powerful ones. So not USA, Russia, or China. They are considered to have a violent nature by other races. They have been visiting Earth for 3,000 years. They come, from the, they come from the constellation Horoglium. Horologium. <laughs> Horologium. And are known to have the mitre as allies. The last sighting was near Houston, USA, February 1st of 2003. Whoa, that's so fucking trippy. Um, next up, we have the Jeffok. 
the Jeffalk come from the constellation Indus. Oh my gosh, like the Indus Valley. <gasps> they are known by other races as peacemakers. They are very advanced technologically. Their first sighting on Earth date backs, dates back to 1500 BC. They met with JFK three weeks before he was killed. They have also, around the same time, met with other human world leaders. They have not been seen on Earth since JFK's death. In 1965, they gave a message to the human leaders that ran countries with nuclear capability. Content unknown. Oh my god, that's like so deep. It's frustrating when they just like mention that they talk to world leaders and they just don't give any deets. Come on, spill the tea, spill the hot tea. What are they talking about? Okay, next up, the Dorsey. They grow to a maximum height of 0.5 meters, which is about 1 foot 6 inches. They have visited Earth at least 250 times. They come from Cassiopeia, where they have two home planets. They eat other alien races, as well as humans. Their race is at least 4 billion years old, and they have been in constant state of war with another alien species for 2 billion years. Last sighting on Earth, November 2001, in the, Itali in the Italian Alps. Fuck. So this race is 4 billion years old and they've been at war with another species for 2 billion years. This is why war needs to stop. Like, just think about that. That is such a bad look. Like, to be at war with an entire species for 2 billion years. That's fucked up. Literally, war is so childish, you guys. War and violence are not the answer. We're allowed to have feelings, we're allowed to be angry, we're allowed to express our anger, but inflicting violence upon others is so uncalled for, and let's learn from the Dorsey, <laughs> and the, the Dorsey alien race, like, let us not fucking be at war for billions of years, that is so embarrassing, and just, like, it's just not a good look. I really hope that as humans we can start to choose less violence and to start choose to start choosing kindness more i think kindness is cool you guys <sighs> anyway <laughs> next up we have the magel the magel are known to be a very peaceful race they have two permanent bases somewhere in south america they are 100 percent nocturnal they do not interact with humans and are described by other alien races as shy. They harvest insects and rodents by the many of thousands on a monthly basis, reason unknown. At least three of them have been under Brazilian military custody for the past 12 years. The last sighting was near Oaxaca, Mexico in 2003. They are visited by their own kind every 20 years. The next visit should be around 2016. Interestingly enough, so the image they have for this um, alien known as the Magel is red and kind of looks like a mini T-Rex or like some kind of dinosaur. And interestingly enough, I have heard a story of um, a UFO crash in Brazil where people reported seeing like red dinosaur looking aliens running around and apparently the U.S. military pulled up in Brazil within hours and 
Um, there are like alleged stories of the U.S. military buying these aliens from Brazil. So um, I, I heard this on a different podcast. Shout out to And That's Why We Drink. I'm a fan. So thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, it is interesting to me that the photo here kind of looks like like a red dinosaur thing because that does line up with a story of some eyewitness accounts in Brazil that saw a UFO crash and saw like red dinosaur looking aliens running around. Just saying guys. I mean the crazy part about a lot of this um, is that a lot of people have claimed to see aliens. I know people that have seen aliens. I have had a lot of UFO experiences. I've had dreams about aliens. And that's something that I think I'll get into later. But there are people who have also had dreams of being abducted and then have woken up with discrepancies on their bodies, almost like their dreams happened. So I just want to say really quickly that it's important to keep boundaries of safety and that if you don't want to be abducted and you can make that boundary as a spiritual boundary and a physical boundary so that that you are not available for that kind of um, abduction or interference in your life. I'm on some real shit. Boundaries are crucial, you guys, and we all need to make boundaries on a physical level, emotional level, mental level, and most importantly, on a spiritual level. Boundaries have to be spiritual because shit happens on the energy plane. And if you don't believe me, look it up. People have some fucking crazy stories of things that have happened to them in other dimensions that affect them in their real life. Anyway, next up we have the Akart. They come from the constellation Sextons. One of them ship one of their ships crashed outside of Virginia in Brazil in 1996. Two of its occupants are under USA custody after having paid billions of dollars to the Brazilian government. They have had the fastest ships of any known alien race. The last sighting was in February 2002 near Virginia, Brazil again. Um, Virginia kind of looks like vagina, but it's not. It's Virginia. And I just thought I'd throw that in there because... I just love all things vaginal, all words vaginal. Um, the vagina is beautiful. Stay woke. Vaginas are not bad. Let's start graffitiing more vaginas all over the planet. Let's stop graffitiing dicks so much. Dicks are so overplayed. I'm There's nothing wrong with dicks. I'm just saying that like everyone graffitis dicks or like draws dicks on your paper or just like whatever. But like let's just graffiti more pussies everywhere. Totally unrelated, but like just throwing that out there. Okay, so the next step we have the Maiter. And again, we ha I had mentioned in a bunch of earlier like paragraphs about different aliens that it seemed like a lot of like <laughs> kind of like the mean aliens that had like bad intentions were allies with this race. And um, here we go. We have the finally the Maiter. And this is spelled um, M-I-T-R-E, Maitre, Maitre. So yeah, I mean, I apologize for my pronunciation. I'm doing my best. So they have two home planets in the constellation of Megopi. They have the same average height as humans and are considered by many alien races as parasites. Visiting Earth for the first time during the prehistoric period, date unknown. Abduction of humans is carried out openly. They have the goal of colonizing Earth. This has not happened because of protection from other alien races from other alien races, such as the ones in the Council of Five. 
They are hermaphrodites and their lifespan is 120 years. They have colonized at least 26 planets. They have abducted, they have abducted at least 5,000 humans, specifically males. Oh, that's fascinating. They have visited Earth at least 200 times. The last sighting was September 2006 near Nome, Alaska, USA. Shit. Okay, so the image they have for this, um, it's like a grayish alien with a really bulbous top of the head, but a tiny, like, narrow, narrow, pointy chin and kind of like a menacing facial expression. That's actually, like, it's pretty intense. It's pretty intimidating. If this is in fact true and there are um, a council of five alien species that are protecting earth i just want to shout them out and say thank you so much i love this planet this is a paradise planet um there's a lot of like really sad things that are happening on this planet in human um <laughs> in human choices alone and so if there are actual alien species looking after us i just want to say bless you and thank you i just i love you so much we need more love love can save us all love is free and love is so fun i love love you guys i love love five universes 2500 species one race one love they should throw one love in there oh my gosh they should get me on their branding oh my gosh okay if any aliens are trying or have the intention of unifying humanity and spreading love. Hire me. I'm a human. I was raised by humans. So like I get the inner workings of them. I'm not necessarily like come from earth, but like I was born on earth. So I'm an earthling. I can help you with branding. Hello. You need to throw one love in your slogan. Everyone loves Bob Marley. Everyone loves Bob Marley. He's an all-star and he's a beautiful symbol of love. And, uh, one love okay next up we have the dries literally d-r-i-e-s dries their height is around 2.5 meters or eight feet tall they have a very complex structure of their skull they visited earth at least 20 times they carry out human abductions which they use for human reproduction they have abducted at least 520 humans, males and females. They come from the third star in the constellation Cetus. They have two home planets and have colonized at least 40 planets with the help of slaves. Ten of those planets were taken with the use of force. They work together with three other races. They mostly eat animal protein-derived products. According to alien reports, they are not mentally slash spiritually prepared to interact with most other races. Their two home planets' chemical composition is similar to Earth. They are supposed to reveal themselves to humans in an open manner in 2022. <gasps> oh my gosh so the image they have of these guys is they have like blue skin and their eyes are glowing and they have really sharp cheekbones and kind of like a narrow almost like jar jar binks like mouth and then like a bulbous back of the head uh what's interesting about these two i just read about was they talk about abducting humans like i guess for fertility reasons and in some of the research i've done and in stories i've heard of people who have faint memories of being abducted um a lot of them do remember having like their genitals 
fucked with. Um, so possibly they could have had their like sperm or eggs taken. It's who's to say, but again, another reminder that making strong boundaries, um, hurts nobody. I'm not done with all these races, these alien races, but I feel like this has already been a long episode. So I think I'm going to wait. I think I'm going to make this a two-parter, maybe even a three-parter. I, I think I should read the whole book, right? I think I should read the whole book. I'm going to read the whole book. I think we're maybe half, uh, no, we're not even halfway. We'll, we'll see how far we get through, but I'm going to stop this for now. This will give you time to soak this in. I won't give you a three hour long fucking episode, but I'm going to continue reading this. Please, please, everyone, if you have anything you want to add, if you've heard about any of these alien races, if you know people who have heard of them, if you've had weird dreams, if you know people that have had crazy experiences, please email in at esotericaandnonsense at gmail.com. I really appreciate you for listening. If you're still listening, I appreciate you so much for listening. I am a new podcast. I'm not very popular. If you like my podcast, it really helps if possible, if you can write a review. Um, <laughs> it also helps if you tell friends. I get it. It's kind of a niche podcast and I feel like some people are kind of freaked out by this shit, but it's, I'm trying to make it fun. I'm trying to make it accessible. I appreciate any human being on earth Every human being is worthy. Every human being deserves love. I just love everyone. And I hope that we can all choose love over violence. Love is so much fun and love is free. I love everyone. I love you for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day, beautiful evening, beautiful morning, beautiful life. Over and out.